BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination, so pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation. to enter the arena and join the battle to save America with your host, Sean Parnell. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Battleground Live. (laughs) Brock and I have been having a pretty amazing conversation just prior to going on the air. Um, I was telling him that it's it's that time of year where we are busting out the Christmas decorations. And as you know, in a house with five children, things can get a little chaotic. But but Commander Melanie, my amazing wife, has a very, and I do mean very specific way that she likes to do things. I mean, I don't get in the way. I just try to help as much as I can. Uh, but but just before going on the show, she texted me, just bought 600 more lights for the tree. <laughs> I'm telling you, she insists on a live tree. That's always a, a debate in our house. We've got two trees in our house, one that's fake and one that's live, but she insists on a live. And I see and understand why they look awesome and they smell good. I get it. I'm supportive. But she put so many damn lights on that tree. She goes, I guess she just texted me again. She just bought 600 more. She put so many damn lights on that tree that if you were looking, using a satellite from space, you could see my house in Western Pennsylvania, the lights on that damn tree. But, but it looks amazing. It always looks very nice for Christmas. And so uh, to uh, Commander Melanie, I know that you're listening. We appreciate you. We love you. Your trees always look amazing. And another thing, when I do, I do try to decorate the tree. She's very, very particular. Some, I'll, I'll hang an ornament on the tree. She doesn't like where I hang it. She moves it and puts it somewhere else. Uh, but she does a wonderful job at making this house a, a home and making it really feel like Christmas. Uh, so that's what Fort Parnell is up to right now. Uh, but the Democrats on the House floor today, um, they voted on a resolution, or not just the Democrats, but the House of Representatives voted on a resolution to condemn anti-Semitism. Now, you would think that this would get 435 votes or 435 votes of 
every single member of the U.S. House of Representatives should vote to condemn anti-Semitism. But no, no, 92 Democrats just voted present on the resolution to condemn anti-Semitism. 13 actually voted against it. But thankfully, because of Republicans in the U.S. House of Representatives, it ended up passing with 311 votes. But think about this, folks. This is the Democrats continuing what is a very long tradition of being on the wrong side of every single civil rights issue of our time. I I am reminded of of the 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 Democrats, of course, are the party of KKK, the party of KKK. Uh, Joe Biden actually eulogized a prominent member of the KKK. And when I spoke out about this, his name is, I think, Robert Byrd. Um, but when I spoke out about this, uh, I, of course, I was fact checked by one of these fact checkers, Snopes or PolitiFact or some some organization like that. And they said, no, technically, Joe Biden did not or no, they just said Joe Biden did not eulogize because the title, right? The title of the fact check was, and you know how it is these days. People sometimes only read headlines, right? But the, it was like, you know, Joe Biden did not eulogize a, a grand wizard of the KKK. And then in the very fine print at the bottom, it was like, but he did eulogize a grand cyclops. So it's like it just speaks speaks volumes to what a joke these fact checkers really are. But look, folks, the Democrats are are the party of racism while simultaneously calling all conservatives or people who don't agree with their agenda racist. They just literally had a vote to uh, uh, pass a resolution on condemning anti-Semitism and almost all the 92 Democrats voted present and 13 voted against it. It's absolutely unbelievable. And if the Republicans were smart at all, they would be turning around and and calling uh, the Democrats pro-terrorist, oh, how much they love Hamas, uh, they're anti-Semitic, they'd be calling them, they'd be calling them racist, anti-Semites. I mean, but again, think about it. Think if the tables were were flipped here. Imagine if the Republicans, if imagine if the Republicans refused to vote to condemn anti-Semitism. You can bet that the Democrats would be working overdrive with their allies in the media to label us all racist. But Republicans were so fractured, we're rarely ever united on things like this. Uh, We can't even cobble together. I mean, come on, this is an easy one. This is a layup. Like, attack the Democrats on this. They're the party of, of, of terrorism. They're the they're the they're the party of Jew hatred. Say it everywhere from the scream it from the rooftops, folks. This is what's happening right now in our country. Uh, so yeah, what I said yesterday at the beginning of the show holds true. That just when you think things can't get worse, they somehow do. Specifically on the Democrat side of the House, <laughs> it's absolutely unbelievable. Uh, before we move on, we're going to talk about uh, World War Trump. Uh, how the entire world seems to be out, out out to get President Trump. And frankly, that's why I feel so compelled to stand with him. Um, but before I do that, I want to thank Deepwell Services. They're the founding sponsor of this program. I also want to uh, thank Cabot Guns. They both came on board this program when it was in its infancy. And in January of, of this year, this show was once a week podcast that aired every Wednesday. And a short 10 months later, we are doing a daily live show from five to six on Rumble 
and it's been one hell of a trip so far. Um, and so it wouldn't be possible without them. Uh, Depot Services, they're hiring. Go to depotservices.com. They've got locations all across the country. They're a great American drilling company. If you stay on their educational track in five years, and this is if you're on an actual oil rig doing doing the drilling, you can make over $250,000 a year in five years. That's pretty amazing. But they're also hiring office positions, management positions, social media positions, community engagement, community outreach positions. I mean, they're a great company with great leadership. It feels like a family when you're there. And Cabot, I mean, Cabot Guns, they're a Western Pennsylvania, they're located in Western Pennsylvania, but again, they've got locations where they manufacture their pistols all over the country. 100%, every component part of their pistols is made right here in America. They are the best shooting 1911 pistols in in the world. and, and it's not even it's not even close. They they look they look pretty. They look like they're not a shooter's pistol, but they really shoot like a dream. And they've also got tactical models that they're rolling out. Um, uh, uh, their tactical model this year is the Apocalypse. They've got another model rolling out next year. And look, home defense in this world gets infinitely more dangerous every single day. So I mean, you know, the Biden and the Democrats are the best gun salesmen in the world. But if you are looking for a gun, check out Cabot. I mean, they're they're wildly popular. Um, and just check them out. Cabotguns.com. They're the best guns in the world, bar none. Okay, back to A Block, which is World War Trump, adequately named World War Trump. I got to talk before uh, I get into the, well, this is all related, right? Um, Harmeet Dillon, who takes on all these Trump cases and is fighting on behalf of President Trump in this 14th Amendment case to remove Trump from the ballot and all these swing states, uh, she put out just before the show, happy to announce that yet another federal district court, this time in Arizona, has dismissed a challenge to Donald Trump being on the ballot for 2024. The court made short work of the standing arguments in the case. Congrats to our client and my Dylan, Dylan Law colleagues again. So, Again, she says right at the end of the tweet, which is going to transition perfectly into what I'm going to talk about here in a second. Everyone out, everyone is out to get Trump. Even, even, well, I think it, it, she, she's her point she's making is everybody's out to get Trump. And, and what I'm trying to say is it's not even just the usual suspects like Joe Biden. It's not even usual suspects like crazy radical lefties. It's even conservative outlets like Fox News. Now, listen. I, I got to tell you, I, full disclosure, I, I've been going on Fox News since 2012. They gave me my very first interview uh, for Outlaw Platoon. I will never forget being in their green room as a brand newly published author, meeting all the producers, looking around Fox News. This is way back when. I mean, again, 2012, Roger Ailes was still in charge. Bill O'Reilly was still the king of that building. Um, but I remember bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. It was amazing. And Without Fox News and without their dedicated audience, Outlaw Platoon would not have been successful. And I'm thankful that that book has taken on a life of its own. Outlaw Platoon is my first book. Uh, that just it's a nonfiction book that talks specifically about my time in Afghanistan. That's all it is. If you want a boots on the ground picture of what it's like being in the modern infantry, Outlaw Platoon is the book for you. I wrote it, but it's not a story about me. It's a story about my troops. It is and will always be for them. It's dedicated to them. It's their story, not mine. Um, but without Fox, I'm telling you folks, like they really helped me a lot, get that book out there and set me up on a platform. But I've got to tell you, Fox has changed over the last 
you know, decade or so. And, you know, it also, it really opened my eyes in that, in the 2020 election when they called Arizona super early for Biden. I'm sure that you all remember that, um, especially with all the issues that we've seen around the 2020 election. Um, and then with COVID and their vaccine mandate and then how they released Tucker. And I think Greg Gutfeld just spoke to this the other day, I think much to the chagrin of the guests on his show, because on Fox, you're not even allowed to talk about Tucker Carlson anymore. And what a lot of people what a lot of people forget about that situation regarding Tucker is that Fox News didn't fire him. Fox News just let, just stopped doing his show, but wanted to keep him contractually obligated to not do another show on another network. So they just they just were still going to pay him something like twenty five million dollars a year to just not do a show, to just shut him up, to just keep him silent. And what Greg Gutfeld spoke out about this last, I think it was a few days ago, was that Fox News basically let go Tucker Carlson uh, because of their advertisers, pressures from their pressure from their advertisers. And, and this, folks, is why, by the way, as an ancillary point, independent media is so important because, you know, Pfizer, Moderna, they are, by and large, the biggest advertisers on every major news outlet in the country. And what's starting to happen here in this country over the last four years is that these big advertisers shape content. And this is why we didn't see, you know, any questions about the COVID vax or its its effectiveness or any questions or, uh, that pertain to vaccine injury or any t segments at the uh, height of COVID about myocarditis and, and youth and adverse side effects from the vaccine because Moderna and Pfizer advertise on these programs and they don't want that type of content on the air, so they prohibit it, thereby shaping the information that we as Americans have access to. Fox News fell prey to that as well. And again, Gutfeld spoke to it right on the air. And I think his guests were a little bit nervous about it because you're not supposed to talk about that stuff. But my, my point is, is that Fox News has changed a little bit, even though I've still got great friends at that network. Um, I saw a video the other day uh, of Fox cutting away from one of Trump's speeches. I can't quite remember where he was. He was either in, I think he's been in Georgia, North Carolina, and then of course, Iowa in preparation for the caucus there in 40 or something days. But, you know, you would think that a former president giving a speech leading into 2024 as the Republican frontrunner, the guy's given a speech, they should be covering that speech. But Fox News, in the height of Trump's speech, cut away and used the anchor who was who was at the time transitioned away to attack Donald Trump. You got check this out to believe it for yourself. Bigger, better, and it works. <laughs> and then no. Well, the former president finally got around to some campaign promises amid lots of cheering, as you heard. Many untruths. The 2020 election was not rigged. It was not stolen. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. If Democrats can say, along with the deep state and along with their their entrenched bureaucrats in government, that the election was the best election in the history of the world, right? But it, but it, but it wasn't. How, how can that? How can we as conservatives stay quiet, and even conservative outlets like Fox stay quiet when we know that there were that that election was not great? It wasn't run well, and 
the reason why I questioned the election in 2020, and I'm not going to get into the election. It's not what this segment's about. But I would have believed the government and the powers that be more if they had just said, yeah, we had major issues. Once in a hundred year pandemic, we rolled out mail-in ballots way too fast, removed too many safeguards, but we're going to fix the problem. I still would have had major issues with regards to how that election in 2020 was conducted. Uh, But I I think I could have moved on from it knowing that the government, my government, was at least being honest. But that's not how the government responded. In fact, they said it was the best election in the history of the world. And organizations like Dominion, these electronic voting machine companies, sued people that dissented, attacked people that called out the election. They're trying to bankrupt a guy named Mike Lindell, uh, the owner of my pillows because of this. Anybody who questioned the election was attacked, smeared as a conspiracy theorist. Fox News was sued. Tucker Carlson removed from the air. And so it's frustrating, but it's frustrating to me, even with all of that, conservatives can't be afraid to speak out when we see wrongdoing, especially as it pertains to elections. If we don't have secure elections in this country, we don't have a country. We've essentially lost you know, our republic uh, because elections, as they're conducted today, won't necessarily reflect the will of the people, especially with all the fraud that's happening. And so, but it's not just, it's not just, you know, uh, them cutting away from Donald Trump. Uh, It's Fox having Chris Christie, aka Garden State Lizzo, on their network every single day to attack Donald Trump and talk about him not being the nominee because he's essentially a felon and not going to be able to even vote for himself and how conservatives are going to reject him because he's going to be a felon without while, while simultaneously not even recognizing the fact that the government and the Department of Justice and our judicial system is being weaponized against the guy. It's sick and it's gross. And I it's it's shameful. Con, I look, I know it's a primary. I know Chris Christie's entitled to his opinion, but you don't hear much pushback from the hosts at all. Go ahead and check it out. But the Constitution says nothing about a convicted felon if it comes to that, because he's got 97 some odd chances to dodge that. But one of them might stick. Then what? What no. the constitutionalist and you say it doesn't say anything about someone? It, you know, Adams and Jefferson were relying upon um, the smartness of the American people not well, to elect them when they were there. <laughs> I remember your, your right. coverage was really, really Thank good, you very much. especially that 1800 race. <laughs> yeah. And you, the powdered you, wig. I had you called it, Neil. Well, what do you make of that? That that that, it, that is a, a, that's that's a possibility. How about this? He's going to go on trial the day before Super Tuesday. I believe he's going to be convicted in that January 6th trial in Washington, D.C., predominantly because Mark Meadows, as you know, has signed an agreement. Former chief of staff. His former chief of staff, former one of the founders of the Freedom Caucus, is going to testify against him. Um, he's going to be convicted. Imagine this. If he's our nominee, he won't be able to vote for himself. But he can be president. Yes. Look. And and, and, and this is when I talk to other politicos that they're, they're not steeped in the battle like you are but they say look if he if he hasn't been dinged by all of these you know 
uh, indictments, a conviction isn't going to make a difference. I think, I think it, it might. I think conviction is different for two reasons. One, because it won't be a, a, a liberal prosecutor talking about him anymore. It'll be his former chief of staff saying he, Mark Meadows, committed crimes because you wouldn't need immunity if you hadn't committed crimes. And that Donald Trump committed crimes on his watch. That's very different for conservative voters to hear that from Mark Meadows than to hear from Jack Smith. Secondly, this is a jury of your peers convicting you. Not, again, the two-tiered system of justice that a lot of people are concerned about. I think it will be very different. The question is going to be, is there going to be somebody who's willing to stand up to him until that moment so that it's not decided? And that's why I said recently, I'm in this through the convention. And I'm in it through but the convention. Supporters- I mean, look, folks, this is, I think this is, it's shameful. It's a shameful segment for a lot of reasons because Chris Christie is really cherry picking the facts here saying that he's going to be convicted by a jury of his peers in the DC case. Oh, really? So Washington, DC, 98.9% Democrat, a jury pool drawn from that 98.9% Democrat community. All of these people are for the most part, radical Democrats, that is not a jury of his peers. That's certainly not a balanced jury. That jury in Washington, D.C. is going to be filled with people who despise President Trump. That jury from D.C. is going to be filled with people who consume mainstream media outlets that feed to them this narrative that January 6th was an insurrection and that the prosecutions of January 6th grandmas and their sentences of over a decade are, oh, they're just, it's what we have to do to protect our democracy. All of those people that consume that media have been shaped by that propaganda. Those are going to be the people that are sitting on that jury pool. That's not a jury of his peers. That's not a fair and impartial jury certainly not even a fair and impartial court. And and the idea that Chris Christie is saying that this is not the two-tiered system of justice that we've heard so much about that's a danger to the American people. Are you kidding me? This, what, what is happening to Donald Trump is the perfect definition of the two-tiered system of justice of a, of a, Joe Biden, president of one political party, seeking to take out Donald Trump, his number one political opponent, not just throw him in jail for the rest of his life, has more charges, felonies leveled against him than than most of the famous mob bosses in the history of this country, not legitimate felony, felony counts, but it just gives you a sense of how absurd all this is. They're also going after his name and his business and his legacy and trying to bankrupt the guy. I mean, everything about what's happening to Donald Trump is a microcosm of what's wrong with this country. And instead of Chris Christie going on Fox News and talking to Neil Cavuto about how Americans are going to reject Trump because it's not going to be, you know, beady eyed, mouth breathing Jack Smith, jittery Jack Smith. You know, talking about these charges going to be Mark Meadows, his former chief of staff. Well, Mark Meadows is a victim of this weaponized justice system as well. Mark Meadows was likely threatened with 20 years in prison 
He was likely told that his legal fees would bankrupt him and his family. It would bankrupt the future of his children. That's what's so sinister about everything that's happening in this country. So this, this, this idea that, you know, Mark Meadows is, is going to testify against him and we should trust that testimony at all is absurd on its face because look at how the government operates with their political enemies. They're doing this to flip Mark Meadows on Trump so that ultimately they can get Trump in exchange for a more lenient sentence against him. Otherwise, it's like, hey, we're going to send you to jail for 20 years and we're going to bankrupt you. And we're also going to make sure that your children's lives are ruined as well. If you need further proof of this, look at what they did to General Flynn. He lost everything. Flynn was a guy that served this country honorably for over 20 years. Over 20 years at the height of these wars. Our government, the Obama administration, the Clintons, these left-wing commie mouth breathers, they went after General Flynn because he knew what they were up to. He was about to expose them all. So they weaponized the system against him too, and he lost everything. He even had to sell his house. He had to crowdfund his legal fees. I mean, if there, there's there's no silver lining to a weaponized justice system, but when I think about, I wonder often how Trump can take it because this guy has just so much shit being thrown at him every single day. It's Trump against the world. Somehow he manages to do it, to go to these trials in New York and then go to Mar-a-Lago, give a speech, and then go to Iowa and do a rally with 10,000 people there and then fly back to D.C. to do another trial. This guy has endless amounts of energy. Suppose it helps if your name is Trump and you have billions of dollars in the bank with which to fight. But it, this, is, this is a terrible system. It's a dangerous system. And you would think, you would think, that our party, the Republican Party, could should unite against what we're seeing. But of course, Garden State Lizzo, as you saw on Fox News, just takes the opportunity to attack Donald Trump and, and hopes that he might someday win, even though he's a single-digit midget in the presidential primary, doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell. Uh, it's, just, it's just disconcerting to me that Republicans can't seem to unite around the idea that we shouldn't allow the left and the deep state to throw Trump in jail just simply because he's winning in a primary. But it wasn't just Chris Christie that was getting in on the action. Ron DeSantis also went on Fox News to attack Donald Trump as well. It seems like it just never ends. The attacks on Trump just never end. Go ahead and roll the tape. Donald Trump wants to blame me. You know, he also said that um, he also took Disney side against us when we stood up for the kids. He also said Cuomo in New York did COVID uh, be better than we did. And he attacked me for being pro-life. Maybe that's a reason we should have a debate on your show, Laura. Stop being a keyboard warrior and let's uh, step up and debate one-on-one. -on -one. He's had a lot to yeah. say about me over the last year. Say it to yeah. my face. I'm game. Yeah, well, you know, the RNC has their supposed rules. They can't have debates. That all has to go away. You need to go... Head to head with Nikki Haley, it will be totally fair. Everyone will get a fair shot and a fair chance to speak. And I know Governor um, uh, Haley would, you know, quit herself well. And I know you would acquit yourself very well. So I hope she takes our uh, our offer on that. I again, I just think it's a below the belt attack. Calling Donald Trump a keyboard warrior. <sighs> this man 
and I, look, I'm not trying to. I, this isn't about defending Donald Trump. He doesn't need me to defend him, but it's just about what's right and what's wrong. This guy has had his back up against the wall and has been surrounded by the enemy since he came down the escalator and ran in 2016. This is a man who beat a Clinton and a Bush in the same election cycle. This is a man that was impeached twice based on hoaxes and had his entire four years of his presidency stolen from him based on those hoaxes, yet accomplish more in the face of that withering resistance than any other president in my lifetime, he gets out and the attacks on him don't stop. They've got the fake January 6th committee with zero dissenting voices on it, which of course now we know is a complete fabrication and yet another hoax. You had the FBI raiding Mar-a-Lago capture classified documents. Never mind the fact that President Trump is protected by diplomatic uh, by presidential immunity. He can point to a document and said and say that's declassified. This is a courtesy that's been extended to every other president, Democrat or Republican, except Trump. And and now they're trying to throw him in jail and kick him off the ballot. I know I talk about this often, but this is the only thing that matters if we allow this to happen. This this country is going to go to hell in a handbasket. We can't, we've got to take and make our stand now. And, and, and this is why I'm so frustrated with people like Chris Christie and, and Governor DeSantis. I think Governor DeSantis was you know, the best governor in this country, hands down. But to call President Trump a keyboard warrior, he's been on the front lines of this fight for, I mean, damn near eight years now. And the left has tried to destroy his life and not just that, destroy the lives of his children and his grandchildren. They've rioted. They've tried to attack the White House when he was in it. They attacked the Republican National Convention. The Republican National Convention, by the way, that I spoke at in 2020, they attacked it. Remember, they attacked Rand Paul as he left the convention. I mean, like it's it's amazing to me in that yeah, we have Republicans, people in our own party that are out there calling Donald Trump a keyboard warrior. Well, I got, look, if you want to debate Donald Trump, you want to force him on, get him on that debate stage, maybe get more than 10% in a poll. Because right now, as I see it, every Republican is getting their ass kicked against Trump. And it's not, it's not even close. It's not even, it's not even a campaign. It's not even competitive. And even though the Republican field has narrowed quite a bit with Doug Burgum getting out of the race. And of course, Tim Scott before before him. I think there's going to only four candidates qualified for the, the debate that's tomorrow. Um, it's going to be Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, Chris Christie, and, and Vivek. And okay, fine. None of it matters. None of them are going to go over you know, 10%. Trump's at 60, some, some, in some cases, 70% in these polls right now. And Ron DeSantis, just before, just before this show Kicked off today in Bloomberg, DeSantis campaign in turmoil ahead of Republican primary voting. Well, that, of course, that's not exactly breaking news to anybody. Of course, the campaign is in turmoil. His super PAC never backed down, which is basically synonymous with the De- DeSantis campaign, has seen three different chief executive officers in as many days. And I think the chairman, Adam Laxalt, who ran for Senate in Nevada in 2022, stepped down. Uh, the Axiom Strategies, which was the consultancy 
that the, the consultants who ran Never Back Down were accused of spending donor money irresponsibly. I mean, these are just accusations, but clearly there was a lot of there was a lot of animosity and a lot of conflict within that super PAC because and this happens on campaigns when people are getting their ass whipped. Everyone starts pointing fingers. And in this quote from this article here in Bloomberg, DeSantis has privately acknowledged to friends and allies that Trump holds so much sway over GOP voters that it leaves little room for alternative candidates. The timing may not have been right for DeSantis to run according to his allies. Well, there you have it. I mean, this is DeSantis acknowledging privately. I mean, you know, you choose for yourself as to whether or not you want to trust Bloomberg. I'm just telling you what's out there. Um, But the reality is, and I've said it a million times before, is DeSantis could have been king of the hill in 28 and he just waited his turn and been a decent person and been loyal. But not only do I think his campaign is in turmoil, I think his campaign is over. But I, I also think that he has torpedoed any shot of him running in 28. Now, look, a lot can change between now and then. Um, a lot can change in a day in politics. But his legacy amongst base Republican voters, a base that loves Donald Trump at this moment in time, he doesn't have a good relationship with those people. And it's going to prove very problematic for him moving forward. You can bank on that. And Nikki Haley is also a, a disaster. She is exactly the wrong kind of Republican that we need th- that we need running. I mean, she's a candidate of BlackRock. She's a candidate. Uh, she's what who you call a neoconservative, somebody who 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 loves forever war, hasn't seen a war that she doesn't like. She just was asked, I think, today again, I didn't grab the assets, didn't grab the video here uh, for this because it just happened. But Nikki Haley was just asked today on CBS about. Uh, 12-year-olds being allowed to gender transition. And Nikki Haley's response was the government should stay out of it. Really? In the cult of trans, where children are literally chopping off their genitals, and especially in states that are controlled by blue state governors and blue state legislatures, and, uh, and with this self-affirming care by these radical left-wing doctors who allow these children to make these life-changing decisions. Absolutely sickening. But Nikki Haley's response is the government should stay out of it. Okay. Well, how about this? What if, let me ask you this, Nikki Haley, my 12 year old wants to get a face tattoo. Nikki Haley's response would be what the government should stay out of it. How about, Oh, Hey, my, my 12 year old wants to smoke weed. Nikki Haley's response, the government should stay out of it. My 12-year-old would like to drive a car. Nikki Haley's response. Oh, the government, the government should stay out of it. My 12-year-old wants to get wasted drunk. Oh, the government should stay out of it. My I could do this all day. My 12-year-old would like to fly a plane. The government should stay out of it. My 12-year-old would like to be a pirate. And I think we should have the doctors affirm her care by popping popping out an eyeball and cutting off a leg so that, that my 12-year-old can have a peg leg. And Nikki Haley's response, the government should stay out of it. No, Nikki Haley, in the United States of America, we don't allow kids to harm themselves. Why is it so hard to answer this question the right way? This, to me, dead on arrival. If you can't even speak with moral clarity in today's day and age, 
We live at one of the most dangerous times in American history, and that is not hyperbolic. We do. Because the Democrats control everything. And now, clearly, they're coming for our children. And if you, as a, a, who would want to be president of the United States, as a Republican, can't even condemn <laughs> Democrats embracing our children wanting to transition genders before they even before they even know what's what, then you don't even belong running in a Republican primary at any level. I mean, that to me is utterly disqualifying in every single way. But this is the problem with, with Republicans. They don't represent their base well. And they hire consultants that have beltway brains that are mouth-breathing morons that never get outside the beltway, never expose themselves to voters. So they have no idea where the pulse of the country is on the conservative side. They have no idea why the vast majority of this nation, despite withering resistance everywhere on every front, is behind President Trump. And it's like I, I cobbled together, and I'm going to show you here in a second, uh, all these Fox News segments. And again, I just showed you three different Fox News clips of them attacking Trump in some way. Fox, again, they've been great to me. Clearly, they would rather have somebody like Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis as the nominee. Whatever. It's, they, they have freedom of speech. They can advocate and back for whoever they want. But is are those segments actually working? Are they having an effect? As Ron DeSantis said, Trump seems to have a grip on Republican primary voters. And, and yeah, he's right. I could have told him that before he even got into the race. Any consultant with half of a brain could have told him that. that but, you know, the problem with these consultants is that they they don't exist unless they're glomming on to campaigns and siphoning donor money away from them. So that's why you have a, a real consultant problem on the Republican side of the House, because if they're not glomming on to candidates and convincing them to run so that they can take their donor money and, and use it to prop up whatever consultant business they have, they don't exist. They're out of a job. But so check these. You got to check out how real people on Fox News in these diner segments feel about Donald Trump. Uh, roll the first video. Check this out. All right. I'm going to do a show of hands because you just heard from Ron DeSantis. Who thinks DeSantis is going to be the nominee for the Republican Party? Raise your hands. Who thinks Nikki Haley is going to be the nominee? Who thinks Vivek Ramaswamy is going to be the nominee? Who thinks Donald Trump is going to be the nominee? Okay. That's why we go to these diners, because you get the pulse of the country. It doesn't just stop there. Roll the next one. Who do you think is going to win this election? Trump. What about you, sir? Trump. Yep. And what about you, sir? Donald Trump. Ditto. Ditto. What about you? Same. You think Donald Trump's going to win? What yes, sir. Trump? I think so, too. So, of course, uh, we're in Georgia, and it's pretty much Trump country. So I'm not surprised that you got a lot of folks that feel like Donald Trump is going to win. <laughs> the next one, roll it. The big question also is, who's going to win the Republican primary? Who thinks DeSantis is going to win? Who thinks Donald Trump is going to win? <laughs> Should I even ask another candidate at this point? And one last one. Hey, Angela. So let, let's talk with the folks about who's their candidate and what they want to see. Uh, what do you think is the most important issue? Our children. Our children. And who do you think is the best candidate Trump. to solve it? Donald Trump. Sir, what's the most important issue for you? Border security, um, the economy, 
and it goes list goes on. And you were a former Democrat. Oh yeah. And you're voting for who? <laughs> I think I'll vote for Biden, uh, Trump this time. <laughs> okay. Hey, former Biden guy, now you're voting for Trump. Wow. Um, sir, what's the number one issue for you? Uh, economy, job creation. Job, it's all about the job. That's right. And who do you think is best fit for jobs? Donald J. Trump. Donald Trump. Okay. All right. Ma'am, I'm going to go to you. All right. Number one issue for you? The military. The military. Why? Well, I don't like things that happened since he's been, that person has been in office. Uh-huh. Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, that person. That person. That person. Okay. Yeah. And, and who is the person you want to see in office? Trump. You want Trump back? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You can't make these people, despite all of their best efforts in trying to destroy this man. And I'm not even talking about radical commie mouth breathers. I'm talking about conservative networks. The people are still with Trump because it's not even about agreeing with everything the guy says or or liking all the things that he says. Or I mean, it isn't about that people like authentic. And they know that when Trump was in office, he was one of the only presidents in their lives that made good on their promises. And this is why Fox does these. Diners. This is why these diner segments to me are the most interesting, because they're just talking to regular people. And these people are, are giving Fox these real surprising answers. Oh, they like because they these Fox people, these people that live in New York City and live in Washington, D.C., they think that DeSantis or Haley has a shot. But the reality is they don't. And the American people are not, they're just not, they're not, they're not ready for a Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis presidency. They, they, they just, Trump is their guy and the polling backs it up. There's a new general election poll. Donald Trump posted his biggest lead yet in every swing state in this country. Uh, Georgia, Trump up 10, 45, 35. Pennsylvania, Trump up seven. 44 37 Arizona Trump up 7 uh 40 to 33 Michigan Trump up 1 39 to 38 North Carolina Trump 44 Biden 35 Florida Trump 44 Biden 34 so this is Trump is absolutely annihilating the competition and it's not just in the GOP primary it's it's in the general election as well and the reason for that is, and I've told you this a million times, but one of the main reasons is, is that people have a sense that we live at an extraordinarily dangerous time where not just their politicians, Republican and Democrat, don't do a great job at representing the American people. In fact, I think many Americans feel like they're being sold down the river and being controlled by elites at companies like BlackRock or organizations like the World Economic Forum. And what I'm going to talk about here next is the World Economic Forum and their their radical agenda to just control the world. I mean, that's not hyperbole. That's what they want to do. Just a few governing elites in in every country that are tied to the World Economic Forum, where they can just institute an unbelievable level of control over the world. And they try it, they they tried it during COVID when they locked us down and they tried to force a vaccine on us and try to take our freedoms away. They try to use climate change as a Trojan horse to drive change and control the people through what is the crisis, the fake crisis. Of of climate change, um, and they're going to try it with other things as well. And this is why it's just so important 
to have a guy like Trump in office who's not going to back down to these utter psychopaths that are a part of the World Economic Forum. I mean, John Kerry, who is he's been at the, he's been to the World Economic uh, Forum multiple times. But John Kerry, there was an article in Axios that came out that said that John Kerry uh, believes that coal powered coal powered plants should not be permitted anywhere in the world. And so, of course, he's he's an emissary of the Biden administration and working on climate change and all that bullshit uh, with the Biden administration is traveling around the world. Uh, uh, pushing this climate change, this 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 hoax climate change agenda that Vivek talks about so articulately, um, but all he's doing is essentially kneecapping this country, because as we dismantle our fossil fuel industry and roll back the how much we're drilling here in this country, of course the cost of living in America is going up, up, up because the greatest hedge uh, against inflation in America has been our ability to produce, you know oil and natural gas, the petrodollar. But as we dismantle that sector of our economy, other countries are seizing on that void like China. China is now putting in two coal-fired power plants every single week. They are filling the void that we leave behind. Russia is now exporting a ton of natural gas and using those the, the, the revenue garnered from those exports to fund war, not just in Ukraine, but eventually could be, you know, prop up their economy and help their country grow stronger. We're causing this instability in the world through the Biden administration's, you know, crippling economic policies as it pertains to oil and gas. But what I'm building to here is that this is the kind of stuff the World Economic Forum, the people behind the curtain are pushing these agendas that the Democrats just lap up. They love. And all of these videos that I'm about to show you uh, talk about depopulating the world, that if they could just wave a magic wand and reduce the population, it would just be so much better for the world. So don't think for a second that these whack job psychopaths are pro-humanity. They're not. They hate you. They hate the fact that that you have freedom. They hate the fact that America is a superpower because America is the only thing standing in their way from global domination. I mean, it sounds crazy, but these people literally sound like comic book villains. Go ahead and check out J check out Jane Goodell. Um, she's a, 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 a World Economic Forum agenda contributor and the UN messenger of peace. Check out Jane. My name is Jane Goodall. My age is 80. My job is giving people hope. If I'm allowed to change a few things, uh, if I just have this magic power, I would like to, without causing any pain or suffering, reduce the number of people on the planet because there's too many of us. It's a planet of finite resources and we're using them up. But what I really, really, really would love to change is the unsustainable lifestyle of everybody else we just greedy oh so you know what she she sounds a lot like thanos where she's wearing this infinity gauntlet snap her fingers and make half of humanity disappear <laughs> i mean the, these people when i say that they're crazy they they would not care if as they pursue their global agenda and their policy initiatives, they wouldn't care if those initiatives killed half of the world's population. I'm telling you they, that they believe 
that it would be better for the earth better for the resources because they're only finite here in this in this world it would be better for all of us if just half the people in this world weren't there i know it sounds crazy but you heard her say it for herself oh she doesn't want to cause any pain just she would just like half the people to go away or how about this uh another video of a world economic forum agenda contributor uh her her name is mariana mazucato uh, and she talks very clearly about and just listen to it with this ear where she talks about COVID failing and climate change being too esoteric and difficult to understand. The next phase of the operation is going to be this. Go ahead and check this out. That's also, of course, true with COVID, right? We are all only as healthy as our neighbor is on our street and our city and our region and our nation and globally. And did we solve that? Like, did we actually manage to vaccinate everyone in the world? No. So highlighting water as a global commons and what it means to work together and see it both out of that kind of global commons perspective, but also the self-interest perspective, because it is it does have that parallel. It's not only important, but it's also important because we haven't managed <laughs> to solve those problems, with, which had similar attributes. And water is something that people understand. You know, climate change is a bit abstract. Some people understand it really well. Some understand it a bit. Some just don't understand it. Water Every kid knows how important it is to have water. When you're playing football and you're thirsty, you need water. So there's also something about really getting citizen engagement around this and really, in some ways, experimenting with this notion of the common good. Can we actually deliver this time in ways that we have failed miserably other times? And hopefully we won't keep failing on the other things. But anyway. So we failed to vaccinate the world because of those, you know, pesky Americans who, you know, believe in the Constitution and freedom and not having, you know, an experimental jab forced into your arm with, without knowing what's in it. You know, uh, those pesky Americans who rejected vaccine passports and vaccine mandates and all of that stuff, they failed with that. And the climate change is just too difficult for people to really understand, you know, who really cares if the global temperature, you know, raises, you know, uh, one, you know, one degree over the next hundred years. People don't really care. We can't really use that to scare them into action. But water, there's only a finite amount of drinkable water on this earth. And so maybe we can use that and kind of experiment with it a little bit to control people and get them to do what we want them to do. That's what she's talking about. It's not not me that's saying that. That's exactly what she was talking about, and that's exactly what she meant. Now, if you had some weirdo, you know, politifact or something talking about this or fact-checking this, and I'm sure it will happen, um, they would say, oh, that's not really what she meant. That's bullshit. You heard her say it. That's what she meant. Using crises like pandemics and uh manufactured crises like climate change to control people, to scare people enough where they're willing to relinquish their freedom. Because when people relinquish their freedom, they also relinquish their their autonomy and are more susceptible to control. Whose control? These elites at the World Economic Forum, who, by the way, the, the the World Economic Forum's Global Leader Initiative essentially identifies key leaders in governments all around the world and brings them into the fold so that the World Economic Forum has a reach in every government the world over. And that is including 
the United States of America. And Archbishop uh, Vigano actually talked about this as well, about how the World Economic Forum actually threatens and blackmails heads of state to get them on board with their agenda. This is scary stuff, people, but it's not a conspiracy theory. It's actually happening in our world, specifically our country, and Republicans better wake up to it fast. Check this out. Those who do not adapt to this fourth industrial revolution will find themselves ousted and will lose. They will lose everything, including their freedom. In short, Klaus Schwab is threatening the head of government of the 20 most industrialized nations in the world to carry out the programmatic points of the Great Reset in their nation. This goes far beyond the pandemic. It is a global coup d'etat against which it is essential that people rise up and that the still healthy organ of state start an international juridical process. The threat is imminent and serious. Since the World Economic Forum is capable of carrying out its subversive project, and those who govern nations have all become either enslaved or blackmailed by this international mafia. In the light of these statements, and those of others no less delusional than Yuval Noah Harari, Schwab's advisor, we understand how the pandemic first served as a trial balloon for imposing controls, coercive measures, curtailing individual freedoms, and increasing unemployment and poverty. The new step will, will have to be carried out by means of economic and energy, energy crisis, which are instrumental to the establishment of a synarchic government in the hands of the global elite. So you talk about he's talking about a great reset, which is a fourth industrial revolution that will make human beings obsolete. Again, this isn't me saying this It's the World Economic Forum saying this doesn't sound like something that would be a real good life for our children or our children's children. Listen to this last World Economic Forum uh, advisor, uh, Yuval Harari, talk about, well, what will happen to humans in the midst of this fourth industrial revolution that they, of course, the elites will control. In the book, if I understand it correctly, you argue that actually the amazing breakthrough that uh, we are experiencing right now not only will potentially make our life better, but uh, they will create, and I quote you, new classes and new class struggles, just as the industrial revolution did. Can you elaborate for us? Yes, in the Industrial Revolution, we saw the uh, creation of a new class of the urban proletariat. And much of the political and social history of the last 200 years involved what to do with this class and the new problems and opportunities. Now, we see the creation of a new massive class of useless people. As computers 
become better and better in more and more fields, there is a distinct possibility that computers will outperform us in most tasks and will make humans redundant. And then the big political and economic question of the 21st century will be what do we need humans for, or at least what do we need so many humans for? Do you have an answer in the book? Um, at present, the best guess we have is uh, keep them happy with drugs and computer games. Uh, you heard that, right? Humans will become redundant because computers will do anything. What the hell do we need all these pesky humans for? You know, well, we'll control them with, you know, drugs and video games. You see, this liberals love this stuff. This is why, you know, there are some Republicans, you know, you see some Republicans that are young World Economic Forum leaders. I mean, that's insane. If I ever find myself down in Washington, blessed enough to represent the, the people, you can bet your ass I'll never find my, I wouldn't be caught dead in a global organization filled with these globalist scum. Uh, but there are some Republicans, but by and large, the vast majority of people who love the World Economic Forum are liberals because they worship the state. They love state control. They see themselves as elites and they see the rest of us, we the people, as peasants. And in fact, there was an article that came out, I think the other day, can't quite remember who published it, but saying that Gen Z is going to be conservative because these kids are growing up and, and, and the next, these kids are growing up and they don't own anything. They're coming out of college unbelievably in debt not making enough money to make a living. They can't pay for rent because everything is unbelievably expensive. They can't buy a house because housing prices are high. The interest rates are also high and the rising interest rates under Biden are pricing these young first-time home buyers out of the market altogether. And as Steve Bannon says, these kids are basically Russian serfs. They own nothing. They have nothing. So by and large, these people are, are, are buying into, hey, well, maybe conservatives are on to something, that the smallest minority in this country is the individual, The individual freedom is paramount, that maybe a big, all-powerful federal government is, is not consonant with my freedom and prosperity. And we're going to look to that next generation and hope that they rise up and, and, and fight for this country in the way that we all who watch the show really are. But liberals love the World Economic Forum because these rules that they're talking about, you can bet your ass that, you know, Yuval Harari, leading advisor to the World Economic Forum, he's, he's not going to be a redundant human. He's still going to get to drive around in a gasoline-powered car and take private jets everywhere and eat steak and have air conditioning. It's just going to be you peasants that have to eat the bugs and live in a pod and go to the bathroom outside because, you know, plumbing is racist or some next crazy idea that the World Economic Forum trots out for you. But it won't apply to the elites and the people who attend these conferences and forums. No, they'll live a life of luxury at your expense. And believe me when I tell you, the brainchild of you know central bank digital currency is the World Economic Forum. The brainchild of vaccine passports and vaccine mandates, World Economic Forum. They tried it here in America. It didn't work because of you. So this great American experiment stays alive because of freedom-loving conservatives, patriots like you who tune into this program. 
who say to the government, hell no, you are not stepping across this line. There is a line that you will not cross. And this is it. And it's time for people all over this country to rise up and fight. Because again, as I say, on every show, we stand perilously balanced on a knife's edge here in this country. We need Republicans, especially civilians who maybe aren't as wired into politics as us to step it up as well. And and look, this this battle isn't going to be won overnight. It's going to take Republicans winning a thousand small battles along the way. And look, there was a big battle. There was a battle in the House of Representatives today. You had um, Christopher Ray, who just told Mike Lee on the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, that Congress must reauthorize FISA 702 and must not must not impose a requirement that the FBI obtain a search warrant before conducting backdoor searches of American citizens through the 702 database. Essentially, the FBI and Christopher Ray was advocating for a position on Capitol Hill today for FISA 702 that that wouldn't require them to get a warrant or even demonstrate probable cause to a judge before they surveil you without you knowing it. You know what Mike Johnson did in the House of Representatives? He nixed an extension of that FISA authority to the FBI as part of the National Defense Authorization Act. Send that bill to the Senate and have them vote on it. But this is what I'm talking about. This is why Republicans exist. They exist to hold the line and attack and move the ball down the field. Actually represent the people. And this, I got to tell you, you know, I've had had my issues with the way Republicans have done business in the House of Representatives. You all know that I've had my issues with Mike Johnson, but this is a victory and we should celebrate it. So kudos to Mike Johnson for holding the line on this because it's going to make this country a better place. Nobody wants the FBI surveilling you behind your back. Nobody wants the FBI, you know, tracking you because you go to a school board meeting because you don't want porn in your schools or because you're protesting outside of a Planned Parenthood, which is what the FBI is doing right now. So kudos to Mike Johnson and the House Republicans for fighting that fight. Um, but as always, folks, thank you all for tuning in. It's been an hour. It's been, it went real fast. Um, super excited to have you all here. Super excited to have this show growing the way that it is. Um, one last thing before we sign off, I asked in the chat, like, would it help? And I'm looking at the chat right now. Um, you know, I, I, I'm we're, we're talking about maybe moving the show into the three to four time slot or four to five time slot if it would make it easier on you all to tune in uh, and actually grow the show even more. Because I know five o'clock can be tough with people coming home from work or cooking dinner. Uh, leave a comment in the live chat and let me know if you think about moving the show an hour, maybe two hours earlier. Um, I'd love to get your thoughts on that as we plan moving forward, especially for the new year. Uh, but as always, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you like and rumble, like and rumble, like and rumble. That stuff matters a lot. People pay attention to it at Rumble and it helps this show. Tell your family and your friends to like and subscribe to Battleground Live. It's going to be so important as we go into Battleground 2024. I mean, we're going to have like... This show's getting better. We're going to do our everything we can to make this show better. But we're going to be having candidates on often so you can learn about who they are. We do everything we can to prop them up, help them raise money going into 2024. So we have lots of awesome things planned. So tell your family, tell your friends to subscribe to this show. It's a grassroots show. It's your show. It always will be. Um, and again, I, I love getting your feedback on how to make it better. So let me know in the comments what you all think. Um, 
and, and official Sean Parnell for the Battleground Apparel Company. We got lots of great stuff. A new Gadsden flag there, shirt, shirt, don't tread on me shirts, do not comply shirts. It's all there. Check it out at officialseanparnell.com. I've also got all my books there as well, uh, signed books there. I've got five books out. They're all on officialseanparnell.com. Um, but yeah, let me know in the chat what you think about potentially moving the show. And and again, it's, it's your show. So uh, I, I want to make it easier on all of you if if if, if we can. If we can. Um, but anyways, thanks for tuning in. We got a hell of a show planned for you tomorrow. Um, I hope you all have a, an amazing night. See you tomorrow night right here at five o'clock on Rumble. God bless you all. Thank you for watching. And God bless this exceptional nation that we call home. Take care. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.